0: If you stay with me, we can make it, baby. We can we try. We can make it, I know we can. We it, we
1: can make it. Dream chaser. Dream chasing. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Slab. Thank you for having me. Today's guest is Adrian Kominowski. Hello. Nice to nice to have you on, Adrian. It has been um it has been a while in the making to have you on. I think so. Um, I'm glad we're finally able to do this. Cheers to that boy. Cheers. You've brought some nice Polish beer our way. <laughs> Tyskie.
1: All so. my mom might not agree, but <laughs> her loss.
0: <laughs> her loss. No, I, I think Tyskie is great. My favorite beer is Juvietz, personally, because it just. It hits just right.
1: I was debating between both of those two while I was at the grocery it's store. It's like, like, yeah, Jivietz says number one in Poland.
0: Is it I number like, one there? That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that's so. Huh. I didn't. I wouldn't expect Jivietz because it's weird. Because like you would think like Beck's would be number one in Germany, right? But it's absolutely not. It's like number three, I believe. Like it's Beck's is kind of far down there, mm-hmm. and like most of the br- top brands in Germany are like shit I've never heard of. Not Heineken. No, 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 no. It was, like, all this weird shit. I don't know. You could, like, pull up a list of it, but, like, it was just, like, brands. I They were just long-ass German words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, like, really long shit. And I'm like, how do you order that at a bar when yeah. you're drunk?
1: Those sound like they would be the best ones, though.
0: Right, right, right. All right, so, Adrian, let's just let's cut straight to the chase, man. You have done some really interesting work in terms of, like, vaccinations. Am I remembering mm-hmm.
1: this correctly? Yes, um... So while I was at ASU, I actually took part in two labs um, during the first uh, in my sophomore year. Actually, I didn't take part. It wasn't a vaccination lab. It was instead a lab. Um, I think you've heard of the Human Genome Project. Yeah. Uh, so this lab was actually um, kind of after you figure out the human genome. There are two steps after that to like figure out uh, what's called a human transcriptome. It's a lot of biology behind that. Uh, we could get into it later if you want. but. Um, and then after that comes the proteome. So like how proteins are made and stuff like that. Oh, and okay. the thing about those is that they get harder and harder kind of as you move along. So you might have heard the human genome took like a billion dollars to make. uh took a long time to put it together. Uh, right. The transcriptome is even harder than that. And the proteome is even harder than that. So um, you need to get a head start on on those much earlier that's why there's much news about it you don't hear about it that much
0: it's just it's taking longer that's it's right a more yeah. difficult problem okay Yeah. Wow.
1: so that first lab was making moves towards that but um still a lot of work to be done but it was kind of th- that that's part of the introduction and then the uh, the vaccination lab that was actually um the meat and potatoes of my time at at asu it was all of junior senior year um i did have a, a position uh, as a research assistant where basically they gave me, um, a lot of independence, uh, to be basically pick a virus, pick any disease. Uh, we're going to give you some, of course, though. And, um, and you can work on it. Damn. Uh, I did have a mentor though. So, uh, that was very helpful. I wouldn't have been able to do by myself, but, um, but yeah, basically the, the job was to, uh, you know, read literature, figure out how the viruses work. Um, figure out what needs to be vaccinated against and get to it
0: that's awesome yeah that's super cool wait so which virus did you end up picking for our audience at home
1: um so uh actually the ones i was mostly given to uh um were herpes simplex virus okay. zika virus uh and i worked a little bit on an influenza virus but most of the work there i think it was a year and a half worth was herpes simplex virus
0: okay so you're stopping the herp
1: Uh, Well, it was trying to. Um, Now,
0: is herpes simplex like the? That's the one that gives you like kind of the sores. It's like the STD. Because I know, aren't there like different kinds of herpes, or is that like like HPV and stuff like that too?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, the ones you're thinking there's type one and type two. Uh, People typically think of that one gives you oral, you know, herpes. The other one gives you general, but it doesn't have to be like that. Mm. Uh, But it's like it's actually apart from that, it's an extremely interesting virus because. it's very good at escaping the immune system. Uh, hmm. And so the way to vaccinate against it has to, it has to be clever. You, you have to pick proteins on it that are, um, that are universal and conserved kind of across um, a lot of the different types. So, like, you were saying there's a lot of di- different types of them, and it's like um, most people are actually infected with herpes, but it's not the type they think. It's not one or two, but there are many other types. Um, and you wouldn't know about it cause you're not tested for it. It's not looked for or anything, but, um, but yeah, a lot of people are exposed to them.
0: That's yeah. so wild. So when it comes to designing like a vaccine, mm-hmm. like I always see like video footage when they're like trying to find Bigfoot and shit and they're like injecting liquid in little vials. Like what is that like process? What is it like to like actually design and make a vaccine? Like is what equipment is involved Is it processes, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so it starts, so Basically, the beginning of it is uh, I feel like I have to go into a bit of biology lesson here to kind of that's understand. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll just be uh, a little bit and we can go into it. But um, so when you have DNA, um, there are different there are these molecular machines called proteins that interact with the DNA. Excuse me. So as to make um, a new DNA called RNA. OK, I, I called it a new DNA, but it's because it's uh, I feel like it's easier to get across that way. Okay. Um, And so that new one serves as a transcript to make more of those machines that further work to make more DNA. But so I feel like I'm explaining this kind of weirdly. Um,
0: I mean, I got you so far.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, There's so many videos out there, though, that it's called the central dogma of biology. It's basically DNA to RNA to protein. And proteins are responsible for everything. They're responsible for... um, kind of maintaining your cell structure. They're responsible for, like, catalyzing reactions after, for example, if you eat food or if it's like we're drinking alcohol here, there's a protein called alcohol dehydrogenase in the liver that breaks down the alcohol, and um, they're responsible for a lot of different things. Um, And so those proteins, they... um, there's many different types of them, and of course, herpes is covered in them, like coronavirus, for example, you might see that one picture that's going around that has those red little crowns on it or something. Yeah, yeah, those like are proteins. Ball. Okay, yeah, yeah th- th- that's what those are. and those make up kind of the shell of the virus. Um, those are structural oh, proteins, okay. Yeah. Um, however, there are some that aren't just structural, they have different functions, which are um, inside of that shell, for example, there are ones that um, that work to turn, replicate DNA, for example, or do other things like that. Anyway, so a good way to target against the virus is kind of, we'll use coronavirus for an example, is to basically see, uh, look for those red proteins you see on the coronavirus picture, for example, and figure out um, kind of, so your immune system needs to see that kind of crown. It needs to see it those red proteins, for example, in the coronavirus, right. so that it knows what to target when the actual coronavirus comes into your body.
0: So this is like if you're making a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like you're training it, sort of, to yeah. look for this stuff? Okay.
1: Exactly, yeah, so you're, you're uh, for example, some vaccines are called subunit vaccines. And what they do is basically they would just take that uh, red crown, for example, in the coronavirus, and just inject it into the bloodstream. And what that'll do is your immune system will then see that, but that's not the actual virus. That's, of course, just kind of a crown on it. Um, because in order for the virus to actually infect you, you need you know, those parts on the crown that help the virus get into the cells. Right. Um, and then there's a lot of other biological processes that occur that ultimately um, make the virus have symptoms where, you know, um, it'll start killing cells in your respiratory tract and stuff like that. And there are bad symptoms associated with it. Right. But if you just have that single crown and give it, you know, just that red protein, for example, and give it to people, that's not the actual virus. That's just a little part of it. And so um, if the immune system recognizes it, then, you know, if uh, if you get the actual virus coming into your body later in the future, it'll be like, you know, I I already, I recognize this thing, so I'll attack it. Okay. And ultimately eliminate it.
0: That's really cool. It's like, it's practicing. It's sort of like, you know, um, uh, you lift weights so you can lift other heavy shit. Exactly. Like you don't have to be lifting a couch, but you can lift a different weight to lift a couch. I think that makes, that makes pretty good sense. I've never like, I haven't thought about that. So after you explain that to me, it even seems even more exceedingly bullshit that people think vaccines are dangerous then. Cause it's not even the virus at all. It's just like it's something that kind of looks like it to uh, your body.
1: Yeah. So you might notice that people who are more against the vaccines are mostly could be people in our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that is because I mean, vaccines have, there's been a lot of technological breakthroughs over the years. Okay. Um, but in the beginning when they were first coming out, Um, The types of vaccines, they weren't just that where you just took a part of the virus and exposed it to people and it's not harmful at all, but rather people would actually take the actual virus and just give you either a small amount of it or they would give or they'd inactivate it, so kind of kill it so that it still has the structure, Um, but it doesn't have the ability to replicate. Uh, However, that can sometimes go um, awry and end up actually um replicating in people and so Mm. if people do have skepticism it might be because of the old kinds of um vaccines they were called uh live vaccines and live attenuated and those were the ones that they straight up gave you the virus sometimes damn and that didn't work out sometimes (laughs) um that was actually i think the polio i think it was the polio vaccine um where the guy who invented it um he actually tried it. Um, he used the actual virus, but he killed it, um, and he actually tested on his children. Um, it worked. Okay. Thank God for him. Yeah. And then they administered that to everyone when polio was around, and, and it worked out nicely. That's nice. Um, however, there were some that uh, when people were making the polio vaccine, it passed all the clinical trials. Uh, however, um, it still ended up infecting some people uh, right. because it could replicate sometimes and it actually gave them polio. So, you know, that was back in the day. So, of course, you know, if our parents grew up during those times, right, they would, you know, if they're not educated on the subject, they'd think maybe that kind of thing is still around. And as a result, um, you might have to stay away from it. Uh, But a lot of tech has come out since that time that has pretty much um, the most dangerous part of the vaccine isn't even that anymore. Um, I wouldn't even say dangerous when they give uh, when they administer a vaccine to somebody they have to add these, um, they're called adjuvants okay. and what adjuvants are is like some of them say, Oh, they put aluminum in your vaccines or stuff like that. Um, what that is, is, um, I don't know everything behind it a hundred percent, uh, but I know that they add certain, uh, uh, substances that basically boost your, your um, that kind of screw with your immune system a little bit. Okay. So to, so as to make it more, um, to kind of keep it on its toes so that alongside when you're giving it this let's say um, this you know the for example the crown of the coronavirus you would administer it with an adjuvant so that you kind of get the immune system a little more on edge so that it uh. sees those uh, proteins a little better sometimes people will attack the adjuvants and they'll say oh those adjuvants are harmful because they do this this and that um, and so uh, a lot of that is outdated
0: okay interesting so is that why like some people like i know after like flu shots people can feel tired is that like they're just their immune system is like running fast to kind of work on it or is is that just like person to person it could be they just got a shot and they got anxious i don't know
1: um personally that's never happened to me and i've personally never heard of that happening to anyone but if that does happen
0: yeah people said that it,
1: it could be i mean um biology is very um it's it's varied and so what happens to one person might not happen to another. That's why uh, if someone makes a vaccine, um, it needs to go through clinical trials. Um, right. And so, I mean, the reason for that is uh, in phase one, they give it to, um, I think, up to 20 people. Okay. And they're mostly doing that to determine the dosage. Uh, phase two, they give it to a three-digit number of people. I think it's 250. Okay. Um, and then after that, uh, so they do that to determine if it's safe because now that you've upped the sample size, you're more likely to see um, if there are any adverse reactions across the sample. You don't only have 20 people. Now, you know, you might have an adverse reaction at sample number 151. Okay. And then phase three, you have thousands of people that you try it on. And it's because um, you might have um, certain... People who are born in certain places or, or uh, brought up in certain environments have different biologies. And so what might work on one age group or one demographic or one ethnicity could react differently to others.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah,
1: because um, they are biologically very different. I mean, not very, but enough to where the vaccines should be tested before they're given to people.
0: That's so wild. huh? Yeah,
1: and you need a, a very diverse group of people so that you could catch these problems if they come about.
0: If only we had that in, like, the United States. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you could just scoop up anyone off the street, and you'll have more variation there than you will in most parts of the world. So I guess mm-hmm. we're lucky in that. Huh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you've ob- you've obviously been studying biology through school. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, are you doing microbiology mostly? Uh, is this your, what What is, like, your specialization?
1: Yeah, so it's called biotechnology. Um, Hell yeah, that lo- sounds badass. Yeah, a lot of investors would know what that is because uh, I... I see on Robinhood all the time. It says, Oh, biotech stocks or whatever. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of biotech companies. Um, they're pretty much on par with pharmaceutical companies. Okay. Um, but that's it. And that's a very broad, um, discipline. Did yeah. you, but did you
0: have to dissect any animals in college for biology?
1: Um, yes, but it wasn't, that wasn't biotech stuff.
0: Okay. Okay. Wait, what did you dissect though? Now I'm curious.
1: Well, th- um, the only thing I dissected was, it was, oh, was it pigs or mice? It was one of the, oh, it was mice. mice. And the reason we were doing that, it was in an immunology lab where basically mm. we had to dissect the mice to find where the immune organs were um, and ba- that kind of thing. But it wasn't, okay. it wasn't biotech related.
0: That's, super, that, 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 that's pretty cool, though. That's yeah. like still like you're kind of hands-on. I know like you, you do a lot of lab work and that's considered hands-on, but like... Yeah. You know, it's uh, I think easier for someone like me who isn't really thinking biology and biotech mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you open mouse. Mouse has glands that does this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Biotech is more if someone ever asks me, you know, what's your major? Right. Um, I say biotech, but immediately follow it up by saying basically genetic engineering. Because uh, That is what it is. Huh? So, um, yeah,
0: that's cool. And genetic engineering can be vaccines. It Um, can it can be the designer babies in China, but can also be, you know, stuff we already have. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, as I was saying, it's a very broad discipline. So it goes everywhere from uh, the medical industry, as in, you know, producing pharmaceuticals, vaccines uh, to producing chemicals. uh, For example, people um, genetically engineered bacteria to like up produce, for example, um, ethanol and things like that. They also I mean, GMO crops.
0: Yeah, that's right. That was something I was gonna ask about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, I actually wanted to ask you about that. Is like, um, from your perspective, what's your opinion and everything on like GMO on GMOs and stuff like that?
0: Um, I honestly like I'm pretty okay with them. Like, Mm -hmm. I've I've I hear a lot of people freaking out about it, but like, I feel like GMO is so broad. Like, when I've looked into it, like, it can be Mm -hmm. anything from like really bad shit that you don't want to eat to like shit that's like. Oh, the corn just grows faster, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like it's resistant to stuff. But I don't know. Like, I just feel like I don't have the full um, the full scope mm-hmm. of everything that's going on there. But, yeah, for me, like, I'm honestly OK with it. And I like I feel like I have enough trust in companies that engineer that mm-hmm. to no, be like, right. all right, we're, we're OK.
1: No, yeah, that's understandable. The only question that kind of, I'd say, arises in that department is that um, biology still doesn't know much of side effects as a result of genetically engineering certain kinds of corn. I mean there are I say corn but crops in general or anything like that. So for example if you try to uh, genetically engineer corn to grow grow faster um, you'll need to go through certain uh, kind of safety protocols to see what else biologically has changed about the corn so um, Uh. yeah it's like as you turn one knob another one might turn the other way. Right. Uh, so, um, so it's like, I, I don't know of any offhand examples, but yeah, if you do grow something, it might become more carcinogenic, for example. Uh. Um, and tho- that's those processes still need to be, uh, hashed out more, but we've got it down pretty well as it is.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's, like, GMO poultry, right? That's what KFC mm-hmm. uses. That's why they can't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore because what they slaughter isn't actually chicken, right? I don't know. So it's, like, yeah. it's wider than plants, right? Uh, wider? Like, uh, broader, sorry. Like, mm-hmm. the GMO, you know, the organism part in GMO doesn't just mean crops, right? It's, like, a mm-hmm. bunch of shit. Like, you just said bacteria that make ethanol. That sounds really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be, uh, for example, um, you could have GMO chocolate. And what? yeah so people will say um you know what makes this chocolate genetically modified and it's like really the chocolate isn't genet- genetically modified but it's like if they used sugar to make the chocolate and the sugar came from corn that was genetically modified now you have to say that the chocolate is made partially as a result of genetic engineering and so sometimes uh, you might see like food products uh that on them it says partially made with genetic engineering
0: let's see let's see this coke, coke. can Coke for sure, right? I feel like everything in here I is I bad. I would be surprised. Um, if I could read.
1: It's usually like down here. Down. Like under the ingredients. Under the
0: ingredients. Let's see. Coca-Cola company. Consumer information call. So probably if I call them, they'll be like, yeah, don't drink this shit. Maybe. <laughs> oh, well. But I'm sure it is. It's made with, you know, corn syrup and God mm-hmm. knows what. And who knows? Maybe they are putting cocaine in here still, judging by how much I drink it. I saw a woman at a restaurant once, we were at Pizza Ranch, which is, you know, just a health freak's uh, nightmare, because it's just free pizza <laughs> at a buffet, um, and she was putting sugar into her Coke, as if it oh, wasn't no. sweet enough, like, she's like, you know, you put salt, and sh- she just ripped open a packet of sugar and threw it in there, and I remember just looking at her with my jaw, just... Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I remember seeing videos, I, I don't know if it was elementary school or something, but where... You know, they'd have those generic examples. They'd say, in this single can of Coke. And they'll take a bowl on the side and say, this is how much sugar is in it or whatever. Right. Say, oh, my God, that's surprising. that uh, people, It's still not enough.
0: It's crazy because it's yeah. like the sugar is r- way bad for you. Like fats aren't terrible mm-hmm. for you the way that sugar is bad for you. It's like it's all just this crazy like marketing scheme. All these dairy companies like, oh, Yo, you should drink a fuck ton of milk. And Everyone's like, yeah, you shouldn't drink that much, mm-hmm. you know so it's it's so hard that's why i like having that's why i like having people like you on because you've like studied this field and you kind of like okay maybe not gmos Mm -hmm. but like you have like your biotech and your genetic like whether you're working with vaccines or something Mm -hmm. it can be like oh well actually like this is really what it means or like actually this is just a lobbying campaign this is the real scientific fact so um that's definitely very cool Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and and behind this i mean um so even though it doesn't say partially produced and drink, for example, in the Coke can, we're right. coming up. I for, I've didn't check the p- human population last, but is it at like 7.6, 7.8 billion? Let's see. Yeah.
0: Um, human population or world population, 7.6 billion. You got it right on the nose.
1: Oops. So um, as there's going to be more and more people in the world, there has to be more and more crops to feed them. And. I mean, if Coke wants to keep putting, however, 46 grams of sugar, however much, how much is in there? Did I get that? 39, 39 per okay.
0: can. I'm glad that it said one can because most of the time it says 39 and then at the top it says servings per can 12. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, what the fuck?
1: it's like, <laughs> a scam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's like if Coke wants to keep doing this, uh, using a lot of, um, you know, sugar in all their products, all that sugar needs to come from somewhere. And right. um, you're going to need a lot of crops. It's not going to be organically done. Uh, to be able to be making that much coke or any product, you know, um, to begin with food, uh, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's um, as more people come along, you're going to need to have the crops grow either faster or you're going to have to have them grow more. Um, There's going to have to be more sugar content. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if there's a
0: um, up it more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Things like that. And you can do all those things um, with biotech. So
0: that's wild. Yeah, it's the population keeps growing. It's even like this whole covid thing. You mm-hmm. know, if this had happened 100 years ago, like the Spanish flu, it wouldn't have spread so quickly either because the mm-hmm. world wasn't so connected. People weren't flying in and out of O'Hare a million times a day. You yeah. know, it's th- yeah, you, like you bring up a fair point with Coke would have to figure out a better way to grow things because at any moment in time, there are more people on Earth than there have ever been before. Yeah. And there's the, all these new challenges. And I, biotech is sort of an answer to like one part of this challenge and it's, there's less and less farmland in the world every day right yeah because everything keeps drying out and we keep cutting down woods <laughs> so it's <Yeah. laughs> nuts
1: yeah but it does hold a lot of potential in it um which drew me to it so much
0: that's so. super cool i yeah. mean that stuff's the future yeah because mm-hmm. you can as much as you can use you know biotech to put more sugar in soda you can also use it to put you know trees in the sahara you know yeah. if you grow if you i don't know modify some crazy ass
1: trees yeah um another really cool applica- application of it um we're going to go down a rabbit hole here i feel like is all right uh, let's do it people often think aliens are going to come from outer space they're oh not. oh they they're going to they're going to they're gonna come from a lab somewhere and, like what i mean by that is this is going to sound anticlimactic uh so <laughs> if biotech is capable of mixing and mashing with life a little bit with the genetics um i mean there are labs, for uh, example, the J. Craig Ventner lab, I forgot where it is, uh, but they have worked on creating synthetic cells. So these are cells that have never been seen before in the real world, in nature. What? And they made them in their lab, but they're not, yeah, there are some, um, they can't live very long, uh, but they can live and they can metabolize a little bit. Um, they have a genome. They have kind of all the components necessary for life, uh, but they can't sustain it very well yet. But we're on that track. And, so, and so what's going to happen is, uh, I mean, if aliens don't fly in next month because of 2020, how it's been treating us.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we still, yeah, we still got a lot of, we got like almost half the year left and there's still an election to happen. So anyone who's <laughs> like, ah, 2020 is almost over, uh, brace yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but if that doesn't happen, what will happen is they'll say, alien life, it was made in a lab. And it's a cell and it doesn't do anything. I mean, well, it metabolizes things and Damn. stuff, but it's, uh, it's it's not an alien you would think it is, you know, because.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. It is, right? Oh, I'm sure all like the uh, hyper religious groups are at that lab's door every day. Just yeah, like just throwing shit at it. Man, yeah. that's wild, though. Like, what if they grow like Frieza in that lab and it starts like, you know, <laughs> zapping people? Yeah. That's nuts. It's almost like um, have you ever watched Full Metal Alchemist? Have you ever watched that? No, anime? no. They, it's all about alchemy and they're trying to like bring their mom back from the dead. Um, mm-hmm. This is a slight, this is like the first episode. So I don't know if it's a spoiler, but like if you just like skip ahead a minute, basically mm-hmm. they try to bring their mom back from the dead with alchemy and they make like a creature that's like, kind of looks like the mom and it lives like for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like they're making this cell and it kind of lives for a little bit, yeah. you know? So it's almost like what we thought was magic before mm-hmm. something like, you know, just creating life it it can happen very briefly with you know we're only like about 200 years removed from just like muskets yeah (laughs) you know it's it's pretty it's pretty fucking crazy yeah
1: we're going really fast in this direction um that's so awesome yeah and as we go there's we're discovering more and more like for example i i forgot what the stat was but um i i saw somewhere that you know the amount of species we've discovered on the planet is like a very low amount there's actually it's like a single digit number there's, um, I don't know, 90% whatever more uh, species left to be discovered. Like, there's a lot in the Amazon we still haven't found. A lot in the oceans we still haven't found. And, in fact, uh, there is, uh, I forgot what it was called. It started with, I don't know, Hema, Hema something. Uh, it was, they found kind of like a bacteria um, that is not, that's kind of not on the tree of life. It's like, it's like some different thing. Okay.
0: You have my attention. What? I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I don't know where else to go with it. Okay. Uh, but it, but they found something and it's weird. It, like there's three, um, branches of the tree of life. There's eukaryota, which are, um, organisms made up of cells that have a nucleus, that have a nucleus. So, so like, like you and me, you and I are eukaryotes, plants are eukaryotes, uh, animals are eukaryotes, uh, prokaryotes are cells that don't have a nucleus. So like bacteria, okay. um, Th- those are, I want to say, simpler, uh, but they could actually not be. And then there are hmm. fungi. Those are the third one. And so they found some kind of organism. Fungi
0: don't have nuclei in their cells.
1: A fungi are oh yeah. Uh, so fungi are the third branch. So they're oh. different from those two. So I actually.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah yeah yeah. They uh, they do look kind of alien. You
1: know, yeah, like jellyfish a mu- too.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Like and you know what's funny? Mushrooms and jellyfish kind of look the same. Mushrooms oh are just God. land jellyfish. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've said on this podcast yes, for but, sure. But. but you have a point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I mean mushrooms can sting if they're like poisonous, I guess. Question mark? Mm.
1: Hmm. Ah. They can poison you. Anyways, back yeah. to
0: this this unliving bacteria thing we yeah. don't know about.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like prior to us knowing about it, we wouldn't have like if if this thing had never been around. Right. And now suddenly it's it's out like, isn't that kind of an alien? I mean, we don't really know right. what it's related to. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, more to figure out about it. And they discovered it, I think, in like February or something.
0: So really recently.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as we go along, we're going to be discovering more and more things. And as a result, more and more once we learn about its biology, we'll you know, learn more and more ways about how biology can be tweaked that's crazy uh, yeah and you know hopefully it doesn't get into the the wrong hands and stuff you know um, yeah yeah because there are implications there some uh, bad ones
0: people believe covid was made in the lab but i don't mm-hmm. even know because i pff, i don't have a better guess on where it came from
1: yeah um it's yeah, i'm not sure either to be honest right? with yeah
0: i i mean it's sort of like a do you think it was in a lab or do you think it was from bats? And my answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, I, it could be either one. Like, I, it could, it could have, it's just, it's the narrative. People are trying mm-hmm. to make it like a this political thing. When it's yeah. just like, why don't we get rid of it first and then figure it out?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are scientists that I highly respect, uh, who say it is made in a lab. And then there are wow. some who say, no, we've tracked a certain protein from where the virus originated to now and no chance it was made in a lab. Uh, And so it's like even within the scientific community, there's uh, kind of grappling back and forth with that question. Um, But it'd be it'd be stupid to just dismiss it. You know? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's like you have to especially when it's like it's not that the virus is like. It's not rabies where it will kill you. You yeah. know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's it's pretty deadly. And the yeah. scariest part about it is that it spreads so easily. Mm-hmm. Like so easily. It's not yeah. an STD. No. You know, if, it, if, there, if coronavirus was an STD, I mean, like they just people would be quarantining and not having sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. that's what would be happening you Pornhub stock would be going through the roof or whatever. Like, I don't know, but yeah, it's just like, Oh, I can't go outside. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's pretty wild. People are doing their best with it, but it's, it's this very divisive thing. Cause mm-hmm. it's, yeah, so people are trying to figure out like it spreads quickly. It's not as deadly as other stuff we know. Should we be scared of it or not? And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem. You got people like marching. I mean, like, like you and I we're wearing masks, you know, mm-hmm. we're just listening to like what's being said. Like it's, for us it's like okay well i don't want i don't want anyone i know getting this regardless yeah. so yeah it's simple as that yeah um you were saying like that we don't know very many species on earth which is so mm-hmm. true cuz like there's like that statistic that there's like more species in the oceans that we haven't discovered than there are like 10% that we know like mm-hmm. most of life as we know it lives down where there's no light no warmth no anything yeah that's yeah,
1: yeah and as a result we haven't gone to discover it it's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, ah, uh, that, that's like I feel like people went to the moon in like the 70s and stuff or the late 60s. And we did a bunch of more missions in the 70s. And it was like, yay space and then nothing. And now I guess Elon and Jeff Bezos are like, let's go back to space. Mm-hmm. And he had like James Cameron go to the bottom of the ocean. It was like, yeah, ocean. And it's like this. Wee- yeah. Yeah. He went down. He's like one of the few people to go to like the Challenger Deep, which is crazy. That's probably where he gets all these wild ideas for his movies. Like he just goes down to where like life down there is sort of alien, right? Is this a director? Yeah, James Cameron. He directed Avatar and oh, Titanic.
1: I yeah, am so uncultured when it comes to movies. You know
0: what's funny? I am too. Um, however, I like sea stuff. So when I looked up him, I figured out yeah he had directed that from the submarine thing. Like most people, they watch Titanic first and then. <laughs> They, You know, they find out that he's into submarines. I found out he was a submarine guy first and then found out he directed Titanic. Oh, wow. I've also never seen Titanic. Me either. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's one of those things. Um, hmm. Yeah. There's this wild cave. I forget. Hmm. Let me see if I can find it. Sure it's thing. in Romania. Um, and it was like sealed off. Yeah, it's called Romania. Let me see. This is like a BBC article. Um the mobile cave or mobile. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, mm. but it's in Romania and it was sealed off like hundreds of thousands of years ago by a rock. And there's just water in this cave and all of the organisms in there have evolved. Like they don't do photosynthesis. They do like chemosynthesis synthesis where they yeah. use like rust and shit. They're all see through. There's like spiders they've never seen before. And they did this thing where they unsealed the cave, they went in, they explored it, they got a few samples, they left, and then they closed it again. And they said, we're never opening it again. Like, they cemented it off. We're just going to let whatever's in there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of stir up in this weird bio stew. But I thought that was so intriguing that, like, we're so used to looking at evolution as the sun comes up, it beams down on us, you know, or mm-hmm. the water, that's evolution happening. And it's like, what if there's none? Mm-hmm. You know, so you're, now it comes with the question with, Wait, like... what if
1: there's none evolution
0: no 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 sun oh, okay like oh, the yeah, sunlight yeah. and stuff yeah yeah, yeah don't, don't worry about that yeah. i'm not i don't think the earth is four thousand years old but um <laughs> uh yeah. but it, it was so intriguing for me to read about this cave mm-hmm. system because you're talking you know life and biotech and all this stuff like i mean you guys probably in biotech lab you're looking at the blueprints that are kind of readily available mm-hmm. you know like mice you're not dissecting you know a cuttlefish mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that lives somewhere way out in the ocean dissecting a mouse but it's kind of like what could be learned maybe from those mm-hmm. uh, wild species, or like you said, this new he what, what hemo I something? Have,
1: I have no idea what it's but called. It has like twelve letters.
0: And it's like brand That's new eight. though, so yeah, no yeah. one's no one's blaming you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure if you just look up like new species or fu- er, uh, new form of life found, yeah, that'll come up, uh, which is kind of crazy yeah yeah Do, do
0: you know specifically what is different about it compared to normal life
1: um no i don't but there is a picture uh kind of on the article that i saw the article was connected to some primary literature by a lab okay but um it looks funky it's like some kind of bacteria with a bunch of arms coming from it like these um uh like Lagella coming out of it. Like
0: the little like tadpole tail kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. a
1: lot of them and it's, oh, it's that's, like a web that's of them. nightmare. It's, it's weird. Whoa. Yeah, it's not like it's not like anything I've personally ever seen before.
0: Did it say where they discovered it?
1: Uh, I think it was in Nova Scotia. Is that is that what it's called Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, yeah.
0: yeah. It's it's spelled weird. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, Canada's hiding it. all this weird shit from us. Looks like it. Maybe they maybe they made COVID. Those <laughs> clever mounties. Some yeah. lab in Montreal is trying to kill us all. Well,
1: they gave us Drake, so it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's enough <laughs> of a virus. No.
1: I'm kidding. Uh, what's interesting about that cave thing, though, is that it really goes to show how adaptable biology is. It's like, right. it's like if you just change one variable in how we live, give us a few thousand years, and we will like change for that to be like our new thing, our new environment, right. and our. I, I say are because this is subject to every living creature mm-hmm. is that given a certain stress, that's what evolution is given a certain stress that biology will adapt itself around it. Yeah. Um, and so there are many, I, I don't know if it'd be fair to say infinite different types of adaptations you could give to an organism. You could give them different amounts of light, whether they have oxygen or not, uh, different like, um, Acidities or basic uh, solutions they could live in, like some bacteria, or whatever they live in, certain acidic ponds or not, um, hmm. and yeah, you could change so many different variables in so many different combinations of ways, and biology will find a way to work around it and and survive there. It's it's pretty g. So yeah, it's pretty, it's yeah.
0: pretty gangster. Yeah, um, this is something that I've thought for a while, but I want your take on it because <laughs> you were far more informed about biology and stuff Mm -hmm. than i am um i've always thought that technology and engineering is some form of evolution for instance like you went to school in arizona but god knows that it was very hard for human beings you know to live that in such large cities in a place like arizona for a while it was very sparse tribes because we didn't have air conditioners you know and shit like that or even like you know before a man could harness fire, there's no way they could have lived up in like Sweden during the winter without fire. Like you would have froze to death. So it's sort of like, is that, do you think that discoveries like that are just a part of evolution? And now we have human beings in every corner of the earth. Mm-hmm. Antarctica is kind of the last place we're really going for right now. And we already have like labs set up there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's your take on oh, that? Oh yeah.
1: hundred percent. I agree with you hundred uh, percent. Because kind of, if you think of it, what evolution has been doing for, um, for a long time now is trying to have us, survive and ultimately thrive in certain conditions and you know suddenly come along homo sapiens and we've basically evolved ourselves into uh these creatures that can that can really thrive it, it's like um and what i mean by that is yeah make technology for ourselves so as to you know have food for a lot of people and have shelter and have really good conditions like normally biology instead would um evolution would cause a microbe or some kind of um, uh, some kind of organism to, you know, if it's cold outside, it'll grow maybe a thicker skin or more fur or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas we've basically, like, kind of solved that job for it. It's like... We just
0: steal fur from other shit yeah, and wear <laughs> it.
1: And we, we have, con- I guess, consciousness is what that is, is that we've been evolved into consciousness and now we figured out these great ways to give ourselves um, kind of have a few steps ahead of evolution. You know, now it doesn't have to do all these things to, us to make us adapt to rough conditions and stuff. Um, although, Chicago wins when it's 40 degrees, they'll still be outside wearing not Short. that much. Yeah, yeah, wearing <laughs> so, shorts and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it's funny. Yeah.
0: For, it's like 40 degrees in fall it's like you're like yeah it's 40 degrees i'm gonna wear my jeans finally mm-hmm. 40 degrees in spring is it's like it's not hasn't been this warm in three months so i'm gonna wear shorts now yeah <laughs> it's weird how your body like does that you know but yeah, yeah. yeah you're 100 percent right it's cold over here mm-hmm. you don't got like you know those bodybuilders in venice beach you know yeah. and it's like if you have zero percent body fat in chicago you're gonna freeze to death that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it doesn't matter how how big of a jacket you got on you need a little mm. need a little stuff on you that's why our, our pizza is like fucking four inches thick yeah gotta put that on so
1: yeah well whenever i walk through the grocery store with my girlfriend she gets cold in the freezer sections um
0: venice beach bodybuilder but me i mean i mean uh, it's obvious yeah
1: yeah, i was just gonna say i don't get as cold as quick as she does so um that that says something to that that if you have more mass on you um it'll take a little more time i think for you to get colder than someone who's got less right so that would explain um how different people react differently to weather in Chicago
0: isn't that like um, isn't that also a phenomenon in animals that the colder it gets the bigger they become that's why you get like polar bears and moose and like gigantic like or is that like Well, wow, I guess you have elephants and it's really fucking hot in Africa and Asia
1: no yeah um, um, like I said since um, there could be so many different knobs that you could tweak in terms of different conditions that organisms can evolve to and mm-hmm. adapt around it's like um, if if size makes you better in those, then it'll be the predominant one. But it doesn't always have to be that way. Okay. Interesting. Um, so there might be a correlation there. I, j- I don't know about it, though. I've, I've,
0: I've yeah, I've heard something like that. That's why I don't know. I just see videos of people driving by like a moose in Canada. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, that dude is huge. Like, oh, yeah, like they're, they're way bigger than you think. So I, and I just think about <laughs> animals up there. But I don't know. I'll look, yeah. I'll look into that on my own time. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't know if you've heard these crazy I mean this isn't just Joe Rogan saying this This is other mm. people that like apes Some primates are in the stone age right now You got orangutans spear fishing And chimps are breaking rocks and shit Do you think they're like in like the baby steps Of where we used to be Or do you think it's just like maybe they're learning from us They just have always had the Like mental fortitude I don't know what Do, you, do um, you have any you thoughts on that? Currently? Yeah like do you think that like It's like chimps and uh, orangutans and shit Are using tools now and it's like people think that they're like they're on some kind of doorstep to something.
1: They're using it nowadays, like in nature. Yeah, like they they out. take
0: rocks and they crush nuts open instead of just breaking it open like their fingers and stuff. And like there's orangutans mm-hmm. in like I think it's Borneo. It's like in Indonesia where they're learning how to spearfish, and then they're teaching others how to spearfish, like with sharpened sticks. So like
1: I, I didn't know about any oh, of that happening.
0: Yeah, but it's like do you th- I don't know like. Hmm. Yeah, look into that when you have time, because it's, like, a lot of, like, I mean, Joe Rogan is obsessed with, like, primates and learning about them, because he's, you know, <laughs> I don't know exactly what his thing is with it, but he says, like, oh, yeah, monkeys are in the Stone Age now, and it's only a matter of time, you know, until they're making fire and shit.
1: I mean, that's that's kind of, that's interesting, because it's, like, um, we largely evolved from them, so... That's right, yeah. Um, so it's It's weird to see that happening right if it is have you ever heard of the um stoned ape theory? no, it's a theory where um they're bas like people who have theorized that are basically trying to make a case for how humans became conscious oh. and and one of them i don't know the validity behind it uh, I kind of just want to see what you think about it is that um as kind of uh, monkeys and apes were going through forests or whatever, they'd come across uh basically psilocybin mushrooms <laughs> and, what, and what would happen is when you'd eat them you'd have higher visual acuity and so in a way that was a, a biological advantage it's like if you have more oh. visual acuity than someone else uh, you're more likely to spot predators and things like that right right and so it's like um, as a result you'll have more monkeys eating these psilocybin mushrooms and so I mean if you have these new kind of changes in your consciousness happening right could that spark consciousness like the way we have it coming up is like from these mushrooms, having these effects yeah, on these monkeys that eventually like conscious humans evolved and started playing with fire and making all these stones and stuff. So it's like, um, I don't know how true it is, but it sounds interesting.
0: That's such a wild theory. Yeah. That could, you know, cause it's like, uh, that's a, that, it's a total real thing that there's tons of animals that take drugs Mm -hmm. like jaguars will eat ayahuasca root before they go hunting and they're just tripping balls while they're hunting and they can like see and hear shit for like miles it's like you know it's like they took a mario mushroom or something yeah yeah, i i I could totally see some monkey just eating that and then just like holy shit like
1: yeah and then it happens to a population of them yeah once more and more are doing that then it's like um evolution is kind of seeing that like or the there's a a different kind of condition coming in now which is that uh, I guess the more of these you eat it's like uh, the more likely you are to spot predators as a result survive right. as a result have you know uh, offspring and keep this cycle going and it's like if you keep doing that do humans eventually does consciousness actually eventually come out of that
0: that's so interesting yeah, yeah it's I like know. I mean I guess when you cross the threshold from just being a thing looking for food eating mushrooms to thinking you don't really need the mushrooms anymore, right? Is that why, like, you know, there's not like, yeah. m- you know, it wasn't like the medieval ages. People were just tripping all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, That's wild. That's an interesting... Yeah. yeah, and also what they say about that is that the size of the human brain at some point increased dramatically over a very short period of time. Right. And so what they're saying is m- that could have explained It's like if suddenly these populations of monkeys were eating these mushrooms <laughs> for these reasons, it's like their brains changed quickly. And as a result, our brains came up pretty much. I mean, you know, prehistoric stuff.
0: Because, yeah, the mushrooms could lead to fire, which could lead to the better food, which could lead to everything else. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it's like, why is not it happened with other animals? We're just seeing it with, like, orangutans, but they're not, like, making fires and Mm -hmm. making laws and shit, you know? Yeah. Or even, like, hunting, gathering, kind of. like That could... I don't know, yeah. It's weird how... Um, common and organic a lot of shit that just makes you lose your mind is like there's mm-hmm. this honey in turkey that's way more potent in terms of like how hard it makes you trip than most psychedelics we have
1: honey and turkey
0: yeah it's like it's like it's like a honey in like in, in that area near like the Caucasus Mountains and what would happen is I believe like the Romans were trying to take it over and like a bunch of the villagers were like, yeah, take our honey. And like all the Romans were tripping balls and they just cut everyone down while they were tripping balls. And they, the Romans had to leave. Like huh. it's this wild. I don't know the exact area of Turkey it was in. But yeah, it's like there's just bees that make honey that makes you trip balls. So it's like I don't think it'd be unlikely for some, you know, some priest like, you know, precursor to humans to be like, oh, this thing looks like food holy shit.
1: Yeah I don't know as much about it but that sounds like a very interesting podcast like if like if right. someone knows about how drugs and history um, collide and what were the costs of that but that sounds like it. It's like yeah, yeah if, if, if these organisms you know um, uh, you said cheetahs or what? Did oh jaguars jaguars yeah. Okay, yeah yeah that they um, what the was it? ayahuasca, ayahuasca? yeah, yeah they eat that before I they believe
0: hunt. that's the same like components that you make DMT out of so they're like really fucked up yeah. while they're hunting it's crazy so I, yeah i don't know it's it's so bizarre yeah because it's always that question of like where did the universe come from where did life come from where did consciousness come from mm-hmm. and it's like when you look at all these different disciplines like psychology and philosophy you always talk about like do we yeah. have free will where does consciousness come from yeah. you know physics it's like you know big bang particles what makes this stuff click and mm-hmm. you know biology like How did the chemicals, you know, come together? You got the periodic table, but how does everything fit together to make you and me talking on a podcast? It's like, those are the big ifs (laughs) right now. So that's super cool, you know.
1: Especially, like, it's kind of intriguing, um, kind of looking at biology from a physics standpoint. Because, um, this is going to sound very nerdy, but one of the laws of thermodynamics in physics is that um, things, molecules, everything goes towards... Um, more entropy which means more disorder. So for example if you have um, let's say you have a box right and the box is um, you have like a little barrier down the middle and there's like a bunch of atoms on one side of it and you take away that barrier. What's going to happen is those atoms are now going to distribute equally across the box and as intuitive and simple as that sounds you know basically they just there's more space now so it's more likely that they're going to start moving to those areas and it'll become one Kind of evenly concentrated bundle of atoms in this whole box, right? Mm-hmm. As intuitive and simple as that sounds, um, kind of. So uh, basically, what that says is, things follow more entropy and more disorder. So it's natural that um, it won't just stay in that one side of the box. It will go to all of it. Biology is weird in that it, in that somehow, we are sitting here and our bodies and in the molecules and everything they stay together uh, and all that stuff but that requires energy for that to happen Mm. um and so it's like from a physics standpoint you would think that a lot of things would um pretty much dissipate um i mean not everything because it requires energy to hold them together and if that energy is there they will be held together but um yeah but uh it's it's interesting that that happens um, yeah it's 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 kind of against it's not against one of the laws of thermodynamics but it's because it still explains it um, but um, but it is kind of interesting
0: yeah it, it that everything goes towards disorder yeah it's it's almost like if life itself is just part of that, then mm-hmm. life is sort of just meant to spread everywhere mm-hmm. you know uh i had um I had my friend Julian on the podcast and he talked about how he thinks that what's going to happen is we're going to launch a probe somewhere. It's going to land on a planet that's just right. And somehow, some way, some little tardigrade or some little something on that satellite is going to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to start taking over that planet. And over like mm-hmm. millennia and millennia and, you know, maybe millions of years, we go back and check that planet. We go, what the hell? And there's like yeah. all this stuff living there. And it just, you know, Mushrooms could have come here that way. You were talking mm-hmm. about how they're like this different branch of life. You never know. They look yeah. kind of alien. Like w- life itself on Earth could have come from mm-hmm. somewhere else that way. It's, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah, chaos. The scary part of that is, though, is that eventually, right, the whole universe is one big heat soup. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is just, mm-hmm. you know, because entropy is everywhere. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, I, gu- I guess which physicists think it will go to that at some point, many, many billions of years yeah. in the future.
0: Yeah, that's so, so wild.
1: Yeah, I actually want to ask you about something. So sure um, thing, <clears throat> I'm so I'm always
0: down for questions.
1: Yeah. So, are you familiar with CRISPR?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's um like the g- gene modifying thing where you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's mainstream news enough. Uh, yes. What's your opinion about on it?
0: Uh, like designer babies and shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, I think I've I've two points I need to make here. One, I think it's it's unfair to people who can't do it. But two, I think it's inevitable that the wealthiest of the wealthy and then eventually it'll come down and everyone will be doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy to be living during the time what's going to happen. But overall, like I just don't want it to happen in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Or at least not if everyone can't get access to it fairly.
0: Yeah. that's And I think that'll be the big debate. But mm-hmm. um, of course, I mean, you, you probably have had this conversation a ton with like a bunch of your colleagues. So,
1: yeah, I've had my fair share, but right. that's that, that's actually the general consensus among people, is that yeah. uh, as long as it can be distributed fairly um, and, you know, good luck doing that, you'd have to have some kind of worldwide agreement. Yeah, uh, which good uh, luck. Yeah, everyone's really <laughs> Good greedy. luck. Yeah, it's like if, uh, I mean, I say everyone's greedy, but what I mean by that is like, I mean, it'd be pretty nice if some country was like, it'd be cool to be a little bit ahead of another one mm. by some kind of means or whatever. And, I mean, you know that China did that with, I think i think they did it with a few um kids thus far it was years ago but uh one one thing that they did is they used that process to i think make babies that can't get hiv
0: yeah that's and that's like stuff like if if it was you know hey your kid will never have cancer Mm -hmm. and everyone can do this to their baby i'd be like oh yeah like let's do it like i I wouldn't want that to happen to my child you know Mm -hmm. so
1: wait you wouldn't want that to happen
0: No, I I wouldn't want my child to have to get cancer ever. So I would be like, oh, yeah, let's get rid of the cancer. Mm -hmm. So long as, like, everyone else, you know, has access to it. Like, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, that's, like, utopian, I feel like. We can't even agree on the metric system. Like, what the fuck are we doing over here?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Inches,
0: feet, yards.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In in, uh a... in the labs at school, we never use the imperial system. We only use metric, That's even a- here in the States.
0: That's the thing. Okay, so if we have any listeners... It, actually, I do know that we have listeners from outside of the States. We have some people in Sweden and Ireland. Hello, everybody. Interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the U.S., we learn both, totally. Like, we learn our English system for, like, miles, gallons, you know, quarts. So it's like, hey, man, like, get, go grab a gallon of milk from the store. We don't, But we also get two liters of soda, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but in labs and in school, <laughs> we pretty much... Always use metric, always use Celsius or Kelvin, like always like stick to those processes because science is kind of like this international thing. But I guess roads really aren't, you know, it's like how Russia's train tracks are different width than the rest of continental Europe. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I believe Africa has different. So like when they're transporting things through like that part of like Central Asia right there, it's like it, it gets tricky to do that. So,
1: yeah. It's like we can't even agree on that. So how are we gonna agree on CRISPR? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah.
0: Have yeah. you had to do any labs really like genetically modified, like even if it's just like a bacteria or something? Like in um, that way?
1: So hmm, let me think. Um, so yes, but it wasn't okay, so one of the things we did in one of in these labs that I worked at was uh we actually expressed we produce the vaccines in plants so basically there's this bacteria um that if you genetically modify it um actually not genetically modify it but insert uh genes into it excuse me it could pass over its genetic material into plants if you inject it into plants so what hmm. we would do is we would modify this bacteria give it a gene to express for example that little crown I was talking about for example coronavirus right um and give that to plants, and the, the, the bacteria soup, inject that into plants, let them incubate for a while, and the bacteria holding the genes that could eventually make that little crown will put those into the plant cells, and as the plant grows up, it produces those little um, crowns, so to speak, and you can just take them out, you, you could extract them.
0: So you're using plants to make your vaccine.
1: Yeah, and you could use any host. You, could, you Oh, could, that's amazing. For example, they used to use pigs to make... Um, well, they wouldn't... Before insulin was made in labs, um, the way they do it now is th- um, they just use bacterial cells and just put in the gene for insulin into bacteria, break the bacteria open, take out the insulin. The way they used to do it before the genetic pro- the genetic engineering processes were implemented was they would just grow pigs and pigs in their pancreas had insulin and just take the insulin out of the pancreas, uh, and purify (laughs) it out and then give it to people. However, that's kind of like the organic method where, you know, good luck growing all these pigs to give to all these patients who are going to need it very often. Um, so the, yeah, the processes are now you know, mo- genetically modify the bacteria to produce it yourself.
0: So it's probably way cheaper to produce it now, right? Even, oh, th- even yeah. though, like, the insulin itself is getting more expensive, but that's more for economic and political reasons and scientific, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. Cool. Actually, largely um, uh, largely the reason that m- uh, medicines are so expensive is because uh, companies, especially biolog- biologic medicines, rather than, like, chemical. Like, ibuprofen is a molecule, whereas other um, biological uh, medicines like a vaccine is like a, a big complex molecule. It's, it's kind of hard to to describe. But
0: okay, like, uh, w- yeah, one is like you're making, you're just making a substance. The other one is like a vaccine is almost a virus, which is almost a living thing. So it's yes.
1: like, yeah, yeah. So the thing about those is, is that a lot. So a lot of the what the companies do, the reason they're so expensive is because the companies basically shove all of their expenses into R and D. And they pretty much go for broke. They just hopefully something comes out of it and if it does, a large biotech company will buy us out and um and we'll be part of their company from now on. And oh. so they have to make back those R and D expenses. Uh and so the way to make those R and D expenses back is have a drug be expensive for a while. Uh mm. if there was a better system around that then drugs wouldn't be so expensive. It's largely because they're just trying to remake R and D costs. That's
0: nuts. And you said bought by like a big biotech company or is it like in technology, you got like the big three, you know, you've got like your Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Apple, Facebook, you know, well, mm-hmm. big three, I said four. But you know what I mean? Is yeah. it like that? Is there those in biotech, too?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I think I think there's 42 big biotech companies. Okay. And then the rest, everything. Uh, those are the only ones that make profit. Wow. Uh, every other company, medium, small. And then there's one called micro. All of them. Do not make profit. Mm. All of them just shove all of their expenses into R&D. Okay. And just pray that something good will come out of it. And um, if and when it does, a larger biotech company buys them out. And so that's kind of how the industry looks now. And, yeah,
0: yeah. Is there, like, a biggest biotech company that, like, most people would know? Um because people know a lot of pharmaceutical companies. You know, they know, yeah. like, Bayer. And I like think Bayer is the one. Bayer does Bayer, does Bayer do Science. biotech as well?
1: Yeah. So, Bayer okay. actually recently merged with Monsanto. Uh, Bayer bought Monsanto for some ungodly amount of money. Like billions? Yeah. Okay. Many double-digit cool. double, double digit billions, I think. Holy uh, crap. No. Maybe it was more. Uh, wow. Yeah. Here,
0: I I can I can Google yeah, the acquisition. It's,
1: it's, it's big news.
0: Let's see here. I keep... Not wanting to have like a receipt open. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bayer and then Mons... Monce- okay, there it is. Acquisition. Let's see. Merger. What does it say? Holy shit. $66 oh. billion. Okay. Dollars. $66 ah,
1: billion.
0: Yeah. That is insane. Yeah.
1: Whoa. And Bayer was primarily a pharmaceutical company. So they just made... Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Which drug did they make? Aspirin? I think they made aspirin.
0: Uh, Bayer aspirin. Yeah, I believe I think
1: so. Um, and then Monsanto. We know Monsanto from... There were controversies with genetically modified um, uh, crops that they made, mm-hmm. and so now Bayer turned into not only a pharmaceutical company, but now merge it with a agricultural uh, biotech company. So now they're yeah. they're the biggest they're <laughs> the biggest name in the game right now. I think.
0: Jeez. you know, there's this like um, this is gonna be a little off topic, but there's this cool like theory in some sci-fi worlds when people build them that. It's not like a government that will take over, like, a world or a galaxy. You know, everyone's like, oh, we'll have the United Nations of the solar system. And everyone's going to... Some people say, like, what if it's a company? What if the whole solar system is owned by Apple? And aliens come by. It's like, yo, what's up? This is Apple. (laughs) We were on Pluto. We're on Neptune. (laughs) We're everywhere. Well, not on, but, you know, it can't be on gas, but... Mm -hmm that's just force of habit from all my friends being like
1: <laughs> i I'd, I'd like to think that at like there's so many laws coming out i mean regulating businesses and stuff that i don't know if the bu- if the government would let businesses get away with that stuff right but, but y- maybe i don't know
0: i mean you never know some governments are run yeah. like a business you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. uh you look at a place like venezuela where the oil i mean everything is owned by the government the government's mm-hmm. more business than politics at this point so it's know you know yeah you, if you if you uh, there's, if you ha- if you have a job with the oil stuff in Venezuela, oh, Venezuela has some of the largest, if not, I think the largest, maybe like Angola, oil reserves in the world. It's not Saudi Arabia, it's not Russia, it's those countries, but it's uh, mismanaged in that way. Mm-hmm. So, but if you work for oil, you're good. So Bayer, Monsanto, whatever they're calling it now, du- yeah. the Doomsday Duo.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then there are other like chemical companies that also merged. I mean, ultimately, I'd rather have some kind of good. Business, um, kind of be uh, owning a lot of land, in this case, a solar system, whatever, than a corrupt government. You're right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I I think you're right here. And, you know, I mean, if these companies at the end of the day, let's say like Bayer Monsanto, if they're making food less expensive, some less people are starving, and medicines eventually when the R&D, you know, let's say it plateaus, I don't know exactly what the trend Mm -hmm. is there you know let's say there's a point in time where medicines are cheap food is cheap and these companies can provide that and that's that's great hey yeah i mean ultimately good for them that 66 billion was worth it
1: yeah um yeah and ultimately businesses are constrained by their profits if they can't make their profits uh, then they can't function so they have a huge incentive to make their customers happy so if they become an owner of something Hmm. they i guess i feel like could have a a huge incentive to um to be a good one Uh, i feel like governments I mean, who can touch them? I mean, maybe the people can if they like revolt and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, fl- um,
0: flipping over cars and shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hey, you see that? You see that happening here? There's some stuff, some stuff changing. So, mm-hmm.
1: why not? Yeah,
0: but yeah. That's I, that's in a democratic nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some places maybe not.
1: Yeah, um, uh, up till now, I never would have thought something like that would have been possible. Like, I've lived, I mean, my whole life not seeing that kind of stuff happen. Right. And so I started to think that that's not possible, um, but. I mean, suddenly these revolts happened and yeah. like, it, it's like I whenever I hear about the Industrial Revolution or something, I kind of think there were all these pent up people and they were really mad and on the brink of of like, um, yeah, just huge economic instability, personal instability, stuff like that. Right. And um, I mean, I thought now that we're in this time, uh, I guess I thought it would have been less possible. But right,
0: it came I, around. It still very much is, you know. Um, even like when we were younger, we were living through the Arab Spring. You know, all those guys who were overthrowing throw, Mubarak and Gaddafi and all. You know, in like Libya and, in Egypt and Libya respectively. And it was it was just happening all over the world. And to see in the United States, people are upset. They're going to the streets and they're mm-hmm. like, "We want this." And how they're getting some of it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, it is. It, you know, because it's so um, so many people are doomers where it's like. Oh, I have no power. We can't yeah. do anything. I'm just along for the ride. You've got other people who are like, I want to be shifting the gears. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 cool to see.
1: Yeah, and what? it's a big question as to how what's the limit to that? How far can you take that? Like can right. you take that as far as the student loan crisis?
0: Yeah, man. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's uh it, it's really wild. I've been reading I've been reading a lot about how different nations are set up. In different Mm -hmm. ways and there's the extractive economies which you know if you think about old colonies or um, should i say extractive economies yes sorry and you think about old colonies the uh, island that is shared between the dominican republic and haiti is a great example of this um so spain owned the dominican half and france owned the haitian half and if you look at a satellite image of the island the haitian half is much more sandy and degraded soil than the dominican side because the french much more heavily overworked and exploited the Haitian side for its natural resources and the farmland became bad over time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spain used the Dominican Republic mostly as like kind of some trading, you know, something. The land was less heavily used for farming than it was in Haiti. It was still used mm-hmm. in that way. Um, but it was sort of this system of like when you look in the modern day now, the Dominican Republic has a much higher human development index and, um, you know, uh, just overall well-being per capita than the Haitian side. It's mm-hmm. like this, something that, goes on and you know until this day and it's sort of wild to think that it's it was just simply the way it was set up yeah you Sounds know like
1: good parenting on a global scale yeah yeah and uh, so i mean took care of their dominican republic
0: yeah it, i mean they probably still did some bad shit but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. relatively speaking um i'm trying to remember exactly where i was trying to get with this um oh yeah so when you look at systems and how like countries are set up around the world there's opportunities hundreds of years after the way they're set up for people to make change um and you can see that in all kinds of places nowadays and the americas in particular if you look at a place like canada which, like, they did have, you know, they did chase out indigenous people, and they did do bad stuff when they were settling it, but not nearly to an extent that was in the U.S. or Latin America. And that's why people always wonder, like, oh, there's so much less violence and shit in Canada. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. pff, look at the legacy of everything happening down here. Yeah, um,
1: It's almost as if if you take things by force, someone's not going to be okay with it.
0: Yeah, and people aren't going to be <laughs> okay with it for years to come. you set yeah. this precedent. It's, like, the most wild thing. Um, but, luckily, <laughs> at least for the United States, we've created somewhat of a framework where people can be like hey
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't like this and yeah. it, it was it's just the way it was set up originally um i guess in 1776 so not like originally because the mm-hmm. british had it set up the same way that probably the french had haiti set up yeah we had plantations and slavery and people being worked ridiculous amounts but yeah, yeah. it's like it's the most crazy thing that mm-hmm. the way something can be set up just yeah
1: it's kind of bittersweet seeing it because it's like um, although I I don't like that there's like violence coming out it's it's showing that there that people have more power than they thought they had because it's you very often nowadays have to you know hear uh, sorry you know we can't you know if you're gonna go to college for this amount of money sorry there's nothing to say about it uh, you have to pay it or uh, or whatever I mean this extends to a lots of lots of different topics uh, but it shows that if you can have power in this area i mean it's not that it even you have to take it over and stuff but right. like you know um kind of demand you know some kind of incremental change and it's like um yeah that needs to happen at college at some point I, i've heard
0: people say that the student loans and making college so expensive is a way for people to keep young people kind of on a leash so that they can't do shit like what's oh, yeah. happening right now and it's hilarious because hey there's still young people who are out doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we can, we can be in helladad and we're st- we'll still be angry. So I don't know how much that theory is. So much as it was, it was just a mismanagement of loans versus college prices and like that famous like we'll give you loans for this much in college school. We need to make it more expensive and they keep leapfrogging each other. Yeah, I but, mean,
1: yeah, what it seems like is uh, the administrations are robbing their graduates of their future earnings. So you know, whatever they're going to make right. in the future, they're they're taking a, a, a cut of it. Yeah. yeah, And that seems kind of seems kind of bogus because kind of if you take a step back and look at it in you becoming educated, you're becoming an asset for the country. Exactly. But you have to pay to be, you have to pay the country to become that asset for them. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like what? Yeah.
0: What is that? You know, and it's so bizarre, too, because like, um, I mean, we both studied STEM fields. Yeah. But like, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people in the arts and it's very frustrating mm-hmm. because some of these people are so incredibly talented and they work 50, 60 hours a week creating art. And the problem is there'd be plenty of young people to buy and consume this art because art is this human thing. It's built into us. Mm -hmm. But we're too busy paying off these fucking loans. I would love to support, you know, one of my friends if he's like, hey, uh, you know, I could have a painting commission. You can hang it up and I'd be like, great. But paintings are expensive as fuck. And like the first thing I'm thinking of is like, well, I have this and I have this and I have this and I owe the government this and all that. So it's sort of like, man, you know, future Mm -hmm. earnings. It's it's stunting different things because in art you work for yourself, you work for other young people, you work for a gallery. In STEM, you almost immediately work for a conglomerate or a yeah. company or it's run and organized by people who don't have those loans anymore yeah. or never had them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the hell is going to happen? It's so it's so crazy to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing about that is that in the same way where you can't um, kind of spend on art, even though you would innately appreciate it, just people like it. Um, right. Um, it, for my thing, it's music. But it's like, yeah. um, this extends also to people starting businesses. It's like when you're young, that's the, that's the time when it's safe. It's supposed to be safe for you to start a business. You still have, you know, if it fails, you still have 40 years, whatever, to recoup your losses. Right. Um, however, coming out of college and having huge debt, you're unlikely to start any businesses. And, you know, don't even get me started on the fact that all these huge companies already exist with whom you'd have to compete. It's like, even if you were to start that business, forget about it. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, it doesn't help that like, right now, if you have a great idea, um, don't bother pursuing it because you have to, you have to pay back all this stuff. Instead, pursue it in, in 10 years. The problem with that is you're less, um, you kind of have less security if it, if it fails. Yeah. And let's say 10
0: years, you have less time. You might have kids, you might be higher up in your job that you already have and Mm -hmm. you have less time for it. The wildest thing is it nowadays it used to be, Hey, you have a great idea. Go become the top company in the world at that idea. Nowadays, it's, oh, you have a great idea? Go get bought by one of the best companies in the world. I was was part of a tech startup in college. Um, It was like a data science startup. And Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, what's our goal? Our goal was to get enough distribution and enough platforms to get noticed and bought by somebody else. And after a while, there was, you know, some fallout and stuff like that. But yeah. it was hilarious because that was our goal. Our goal was to get bought. Our mm-hmm. goal was not to build. It yeah. was it's this weird um, mentality shift that kind of has become created because of the mismanagement of education costs. Yeah. Just one thing when you really think about it. It's nuanced,
1: but yeah. And like I said, with the biotech industry, it's the exact same way where it's like, um, if you're anything, yeah, you were just saying the R and D until you get bought. Yeah. If you're anything other than a huge billion dollar company, uh, basically plan around throwing in the towel. Um, (laughs) but throwing in the towel will be considered a win to you. At least you throw in the towel and get something from it instead of, um, you know, throwing in the towel and, you know, losing everything that. Uh, you had to start up the company and your product not working yeah. or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you have to start throwing in the towel more often. It's, that's kind of crazy. It's nuts. And as time goes on, obviously, it's going to keep happening. I mean, um, if we always want the economy to keep going up and up and up, the companies that are the, I mean the S&P 500, right, those are the, the biggest companies, the 500 biggest in the United States. And it's like that's the standard. If that keeps going up, we're doing good, which means, you know, as long as the big companies keep doing great, right. we're doing great. But wh- Which means, you know, there's less and less chance to compete. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what it sounds like, at least.
0: That the ideas would become more stale. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, we're not seeing a halt in innovation, but if not managed properly, it could get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like Moore's Law is starting to slow down. Are you familiar with Moore's Law? Uh, that computers get stronger every two years or something? Yes, sir. You got it exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it was the number of transistors double on a chip every, you know... Uh, 18 months or it's like some some figure he brought up uh, this guy um, I forget his first name Roger Moore I don't know Um, but he worked for Intel and he brought up this like figure but it's starting to slow down now but they're being more clever with the way they're using the transistors Um, we've also gotten to a point where transistors are so small the electrons skip over them and they Mm -hmm. don't go through the actual logic part of it so that's another story but yeah it's like If there are no, if none of these new startups, there's aren't people in garages and stuff trying to become that biggest company with those aspirations. Instead, they just want to be a piece of it that gets bought. Uh, You wonder what will happen with innovation. It it sounds more like optimization, where these Mm -hmm. little bits just get bought in and conglomerated rather than a big, like cannonball change. So, yeah. But you've brought up, you know, there's this lab you were talking about. I forget the name that they were making those kind of alien cells, uh,
1: yeah, it was an academic lab called Venter.
0: Right. So, but that's a cool, Like that's a place where that could potentially be the next mm. biggest company where it's like, Oh, you know, yeah, you, you can take that technology. Places. Yeah, And
1: often academic labs, um, you know, those are labs that run out of colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they work. So as to, um, produce a product and have a spinoff company, for example, or just stay in academia and keep trying to get grants and stuff. Um, yeah, actually, the way CRISPR was invented, uh, it was actually found out by accident, uh, so to speak. Really? Yeah. Um, the um, There's huge like patent litigation stuff going on between two labs. One is the Broad Institute. I think it's in Massachusetts, and the other one is UCLA, I think. Oh, okay. UC Berkeley. Um, anyway, um, the people in UC Berkeley who initially discovered it, uh, they were looking at how bacteria fight off uh invaders so like uh bacteria have their own immune system um even though they're just one single cell they they do have an immune system and that lab was just studying how that works and they found out basically they found out something cool which is that they have this system within them that allows them to specifically genetically engineer themselves at specific sites in their genome and stuff so it's like "Hmm, i wonder if you could use that on other cells and uh, the other lab actually showed that you can use it on other cells. Uh, and now they're both fighting with one another as to who gets the rights to this thing. And it's, it's a huge thing.
0: Oh, <laughs> man. You know, it's funny how often stuff like that happens in history. Like, mm-hmm. um, not even like a patent war, but it was like there were all these different cultures existing at the same time around the world. I believe it was like in India in Central America and in um, maybe the Middle East. The mathematical concept of zero was discovered at the same time or Mm -hmm. bows and arrows were all kind of invented on totally different parts of the earth all within like a few hundred years of each other like a very small and you know you get the ancient alien people who are like well it was clearly that the aliens came and showed everyone bows um but it's it's just fascinating how like, even with CRISPR, it was kind of discovered at the same time in two different labs. Yeah. Probably not talking to each other. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like one of those, like, you know, they, we stole the nuclear bomb secrets from the Americans and gave it to the Russians. Like, not like mm-hmm. one of those things. Like, it's just one of those, hey, we both had this idea. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that is yeah. that is strange. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost, that's why people think predestination is a thing. Because mm-hmm. sometimes things just work too nicely yeah
1: that's like that ancient stuff with people finding out bows and arrows but add some technology to it and CRISPR. Stuff. yeah crispr
0: is the bow and arrow of tomorrow
1: yeah 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 people are often very afraid of it but really it's like we don't know enough about our genome to be tweaking with it yet um mm. biotech still has a and biology still has a very long way to go before we know what can be tweaked and in what ways uh because oftentimes you could have for example, sometimes cystic fibrosis is a pretty bad disease. With the lungs. That's yeah. What, yeah. And and it's thought to only be caused by one gene. And so if you can just, if there's a mutation in it and it causes cystic fibrosis, if you just tweak that one thing, cystic fibrosis is gone. Mm-hmm. However, there are some that are very complicated and have many different genes. Right. And tweaking just one will not, for example, get rid of some different complex disease. Um, you'll need to either tweak all of them or find out even which genes are... Um, you know uh come uh, which genes uh contribute to that disease you know so it's like we don't know enough yet to be um to be editing people's genomes uh a good analogy i use is like we have the uh we have the word processor which is CRISPR. you can you you can write stuff mm-hmm. but we don't have the language yet like we don't know what it is that needs to be written what it is that needs to be deleted uh because we don't know how the full story is going to pan out so to speak
0: okay yeah, yeah that's so cool yeah that's a good analogy you had another yeah. good one earlier with knobs when you were talking about cystic yeah. fibrosis just now and you said changing one gene i literally imagined those knobs you were yeah. talking about yeah so yeah. okay that's i feel like the scales have fallen from my eyes this yeah. is very um while we're because we're, we're while we're wrapping up here we've sure. talked about some big grandiose stuff but at the mm-hmm. same time you lived in Arizona mm-hmm. for a while yeah just to get a little more down to earth here mm-hmm. I know that you um, and our our good friend Hubert have gone on some pretty epic hikes right mm-hmm. and adventures and shit yeah. so I kind of wanted to like touch on that a little bit yeah, like, I'd love to where is some where okay first of all if I was going to Arizona tomorrow and I mm-hmm. said alright I was going to go do some hikes I could pack any amount of equipment that I wanted like where would be the places to go? What are the must-sees?
1: Um, so the Grand Canyon for sure. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're a hiking person or not.
0: I, uh, I I've been camping twice in the last two weeks. Oh, so. actually,
1: I wanted to ask you how your camping trip was, but
0: uh, mosquitoes like I I could show yeah. you my back. Yeah. It was nasty. Oh my god, it was. I, I slept without a shirt on in the tent because it was just so unbearably hot. But I have like my blood is made out of sugar, so these mosquitoes <laughs> you just and I both. look at this. It looks like a crime scene. So
1: that looks like. Wolverine just, yeah, crazy it's on your so back.
0: bad. It's, I mean, it looked like I had chicken pox. I think I'm slightly allergic to the mosquito bites because they get big, but yeah, camp camping was fun. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been it's well, been nice.
1: Biotech's trying to get rid of the mosquitoes at some point, but whatever, yes, I digress. Yes, get rid of those bastards, <laughs> yeah. kill them all. Yeah. Um, but if you were to go to Arizona, I'd say, okay, for sure, Grand Canyon. Um, honestly, that was the first hiking trip I've ever taken, so I'm not 100% sure about everything that would be good, but uh, the hiking trip we went on and what I can recommend from that is. Devil's Bridge um, That's uh, I think Hubert <coughs> talked about that one I actually went on that um, hike um, as I was moving out of Arizona I kind of wanted like a, like a goodbye hike and I went there I think uh, two days before I moved out of Arizona and you can actually go off the trail a little bit once you get to the actual, if anyone wants to look it up you, you get to a bridge uh, it's like a bridge made out of rock and oh. if, you, if you go a little bit off the trail it's not really off, there is trail still there, uh, but there's a very peaceful um, kind of rock formation higher than where the actual bridge is. And um, the winds are crazy up there. And after hiking in, in hot Arizona heat, it's so nice to go up there. Uh, oh, so if, wow. if anyone does visit it, go a little bit off the trail. And there's a there's a red rock kind of a, a little bit higher than that. Go okay. to that. At um, your own
0: discretion, of course. Yes, that's true. <laughs> be, be ready to go off the trail. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But not by much. There is a trail there, but uh, yeah try to know where you're going so
0: devil's bridge
1: okay devil's bridge i also Story went with hubert to cathedral rock that one was fun that's an easy hike um although you do have to do it's short however it is um you do have to do a little bit of not climbing but uh, what's the word kind of like when you have to get on all fours and go up a high incline something like that okay yeah. okay um scrambling yeah yeah scrambling yeah. okay
0: i i didn't know what it was called but. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, You need gloves or anything, or you can just kind of? Nah.
1: Yeah, you could just go with regular gym shoes and everything. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, Those, uh, Superstition Mountains, uh, Browns Peak, um, also in Flagstaff, so that's about three hours away from Arizona. Um, There's the highest mountain there called Humphreys Peak. Okay. Uh, That one's an interesting one. And, hmm, what else did we go on? Flagstaff is a particularly interesting place because they call it a dark city. They have this um, uh, rule, I guess, amongst the city to turn off all the lights at night. And so when you look up at the sky, the stars are freaking beautiful.
0: Oh, that's what I'm missing. Yeah. That's what I'm missing. Yeah. You can, you can barely see the fucking Big Dipper in yeah. here in Chicago. I mean, it's nothing. There's n- mm-hmm. oh. Okay, Flagstaff. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm packing my bags.
1: Yeah, and the Airbnb we went to had a hot tub in it outside. Ooh. It was... Yeah, it was it was awesome.
0: He's got some brewskis, hot tub. Yeah, the milky Way. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to do this. OK, yeah. OK. Yeah.
1: So those are a few off the top of my head. Sunset Crater is another one. That one's kind of the remnants of an old volcano explosion tens of thousands of years ago or whatever. And like it's all black rocks and just burnt, pretty much burnt earth. Damn. And it's like kind of a mountain. So that's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, wow. Those are good places. Man, I wish I'd stopped more in Arizona. We went on a uh, a road trip once from here to San Diego, mm-hmm. but like the only place we stopped on the way there was, there was a steakhouse in Texas where they had like a seventy-two ounce steak challenge. Whoa. So we stopped for that, and we went to the Four Corners, and we were when we were
1: in California. Like so, man, yeah. it's like
0: we missed all this shit, like Utah, Colorado, Arizona. All right. Yeah. All I right. Mean,
1: that that makes it. I mean, there'll be stuff to do there when you go. It's not like. Yeah. if you miss that stuff it's waiting for you
0: hell so. yeah okay the the dark is flagstaff arizona is this dark city you flagstaff say? arizona okay yeah yeah there awesome. are two
1: main there are three main cities flagstaff on the top of arizona yeah. phoenix in the middle and then tucson on the bottom okay flagstaff is on the okay, top. okay cool yeah awesome it gets kind of cold there though don't think it's like arizona hot heat actually uh it's kind of hard because if you go even more north of flagstaff When Hubert and I went hiking into the Grand Canyon, it was 120 degrees inside the Grand Canyon. Jesus. So it could get hot up there, but there's snow sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Colorado can be like that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, the south part of Colorado is pretty hot. Yeah. (laughs) And you get, you know, if you get up in Denver, it can be snowing in June.
1: Yeah. I'd love to go to one of those places that's like people say it's all four seasons in a short amount of time. You
0: live like, in that Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's true. But it's like, like yeah, I've heard
1: people say that about California. I forgot, I think Northern California where you can ski uh, in the mountains at in the morning and in the afternoon lay on the beach in the hot sun. Like ski where there's snow in the mountains. And then later that day, go lay down on the beach in the hot sun. Um, what I don't know where th- where that is, but somewhere I think northern California. That's so crazy. Yeah,
0: that's that's almost like I feel like California and Italy are really similar. Yeah, the northern part is like you know you get some beautiful mountains and skiing, mm-hmm. and the southern part people just partying and relaxing. Yeah. And well, oh, there's a lot of Catholics in LA. Now that I think about it, because <laughs> it's that. so close to Mexico. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it, that's so interesting. Yeah, but Man. that's like
1: all in the same city. It's like. I, really? f- I forgot what city this was. I wish I it's could This is in California? Yeah, in California. I mean.
0: The Four Seasons Resort.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not one to go travel and, like, want to go to a golf course. I'd like to do something. So mm-hmm. it sounds like Arizona's perfect. Like, yeah, I just want to be able to get back to whatever Airbnb is and need to take a shower. Yeah. So that sounds, that sounds beautiful. If All you're right. one
1: of those people, though, who doesn't like heat, it's going to be hard, though
0: i like heat man I, mm-hmm. I i can deal with it especially dry heat i remember being in like you know, nevada and shit and it's different like around here chicago is a swamp it's mm-hmm. a swamp you know it's so humid here you walk outside your dick is stuck to like your knee <laughs> yeah. and you're like you know um yeah but, but
1: it's like that room yeah so that's how yeah. hot it is yeah I, yeah
0: I i can i can do that yeah. like mm-hmm. i i've i i've I've been in some exceedingly hot places. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm not going to be comfortable. I understand that, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah, that sounds that sounds but awesome. But the views are worth it. Is ASU in Phoenix? Where is uh, it? Yes. Okay. I mean,
1: well, it's actually in a city called Tempe, and Tempe is just like ten minutes outside of Phoenix.
0: Is it like Naperville kind of to here or? Uh, no, it's, it's closer. Uh,
1: wait. Um, no, no. Tempe and Phoenix are ten minutes, fifteen minutes away.
0: Oh, Naperville is like an hour away. Yeah. yeah okay, okay. So it's much farther. Okay. Okay, that's cool. So is Tempe like a suburb or like its own city? Because ASU is huge, right? It's got like 50,000 yeah. kids or uh, 40,000. I
1: think at this point, 60,000. Holy and, moly. Yeah, and they're actually... They have <laughs> I to went see, to a school
0: yeah. with 6,000. Think about Whoa. that. Yeah, so it's totally different.
1: It is. Yeah, and they're actually expanding it to 100,000, I think, over the next few years.
0: That's awesome. I've heard uh, ASU is a big party school.
1: Um, he- I, I heard that too, but in my experience there... Uh, and I guess every college, college is what you make of it. So if you yeah. don't go to parties, you won't go to parties. But yeah. if you look for them, they're there.
0: All right. Yeah. Anyone trying to go to Arizona and hike and go party at ASU? It's, I mean, it sounds yeah. like everything's in Arizona
1: nowadays. Yeah, it, it was It was very fun. Okay. Well, one of the things I learned about myself, though, is like, this is really sad about human nature. But like when I first went there a year one, it was paradise, absolute paradise. Okay. And as I lived there year two, year three, year four, it's just like... It's just like your body gets used to it or something at some point. It's kind of uh, sad that that happens. I mean, I still love it. It's it's beautiful. I want to live there. Yeah. But um, but I, you I've get used I've, to
0: stuff. I've heard that I work with a guy who lived in Scottsdale for a while, mm-hmm. and we were saying like, oh, it's like 110 degrees. Like, wouldn't you like if it was 110 degrees here, people would be like, what the, f- yeah. what is? I'm dying. Yeah. He said like, no. Nah. He says over there when I got there, I'd set my AC to like 74, and then after a year, it was like 84 was comfortable on the air conditioner, mm-hmm. and he would just like exist like that. So. Yeah. Are there a lot of snakes?
1: So that's the thing is like, I also thought there'd be a lot of rattlesnakes and scorpions and stuff. Right. And in my entire experience there, I've never seen a rattlesnake or a scorpion. However, one day I was walking back home from school and I did see this beetle called a Palo Verde beetle. If you want to look it up, it's like for everyone, for anyone not looking at the uh, video, it's maybe...
0: Looks like about the size of Eighth, like a small yeah, football. Eight
1: inch, nine inch beetle.
0: Jesus eight. Christ! Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's huge. I'll, I'll edit a photo in of it. Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, it's like the size of like a whole human hand.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and the thing about them is that they don't have any eyes or anything. So th- and they can fly. Uh, they also have these huge clippers on the front, right? And so it's like they often they can fly right into your face. It's like imagine if something that huge and an insect just flew right into you because they can't see. Uh, they oh don't bite God. though, but it's it,
0: it's getting clobbered you know yeah, yeah.
1: i mean I, I don't like bees as it is flying <laughs> near my ears and stuff let alone like something
0: i mean like you know that. why i don't like bugs you literally saw a photo of it yeah. so. <laughs> oh man
1: yeah i saw that's all i saw i never saw any kinds of snakes or scorpions that's ever.
0: super nice you know what's crazy i went to um i have i have a family member that lives at lake of the ozarks man mm-hmm. is living um but we were staying at his house and i was taking a shower and there was like two scorpions in there. I'd never like mm. seen a scorpion like just out before. Yeah. Like I've seen them in like a pet store. Yeah. But for me, I was like, we're in Missouri. Yep. I-, I bashed them with a shampoo bottle. Because wow. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not showering with these scorpions here. <laughs> scorpions in Missouri? Wash- yeah. I yeah. feel like
1: every city has their own exotic bug. Like uh in my house we there are centipedes.
0: Do yeah. Do you
1: guys have those?
0: Or I mean, like those yeah. silverfish you're talking about, or no, like no, they're, centipedes? they're centipedes. like
1: I think they're just house centipedes. They're like
0: like they're in your shower and stuff. Yeah. They're like about yay long and have just a ton of exactly. yeah, yeah. I think they're I think, only in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. There's there's all kinds of strange shit. I mean, when we're whenever we're skateboarding out here around, like at night, it is, and I'm saying it is common, not uncommon, not rare. It is mm-hmm. common for us to run into at least one deer and at least one coyote and at least one fox. When we're outboarding oh. at night like around here and this is like this is technically is the suburbs of chicago mm-hmm. it touches chicago like the expressway the blue line the metro o'hare it's all right here so we're so close to one of the largest cities on the planet and i can just go out on a skateboard on a perfectly paved road with a shit ton of street lights and mm-hmm. i can see deer foxes coyotes you name it yeah all of this shit skunks like it's Nature is, you know, it's like our lawns. Our lawns are just nature coming up through, saying, "Hey, we're yeah. still here." Like you may have built all this cement shit, but here's nature. Like, yeah. that's so wild.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know about coyotes and foxes. There's they a ton, there's sure.
0: a ton around here. I mean, we'll be we'll be in the back, you know, just chilling in the back alleyway, and there will be like stray cats having sex and coyotes and stuff. We'll have to shoo them away. It's nuts. They're like not afraid of people at this point because they've just kind of grown. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this earlier they've kind of yeah. grown around us as much as we've grown around them so yeah yeah that's wild
1: that's true I, i've when i used to longboard i don't know years ago when i was first few years of high school i had a dogs chasing me sometimes yeah dogs and
0: hate boards man
1: yeah the, uh, the way to and i don't necessarily recommend anyone do this if you're brave enough go ahead and try it for me it's worked every time yeah. if a dog is running at you run at it because dogs we're bigger than dogs and yeah they, way bigger yeah they'll feel confident to run after you probably because they think you'll run away right. but if you're running towards them they'll get afraid and they'll turn around and for me it's happened at least eight times when a dog Damn. runs at me with different species different um weights and heights of dogs if, right. they've, if they'd ever run at me and i run at them they'll turn around and start running away so yeah
0: i'm not the biggest guy but i'm 160 pounds which means i'm bigger than like 99.9 percent of dogs you might get those russian mastiffs but like yeah yeah
1: i've never had experience with those the biggest was like a a labrador
0: (laughs) yeah labs are like you know like a a hundred pounds anywhere from like 80 to 110 right so like that's that's not bad. Yeah. We've given mm-hmm. a lot of disclaimer advice. Like, if you're going to yeah. Devil's Bridge in Arizona, go off the trail at your yeah. own risk. Run at dogs at your own risk. At your own risk. Yeah. At it's your worked own risk. for
1: me. I don't know how it's going to work for anyone else, but it's worked for me on multiple occasions. Yeah. So it might be a useful tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Adrian. Any closing thoughts? Uh, I'd like to congratulate you on signing the lease. Oh, thank you, apartment. man. Yeah. I'm super yeah.
0: excited. Yeah. The slab might have a new studio space soon, so that's going to be. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be Hubert and I. Thank you, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely come by anytime. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Hubert's extended the invite. I will as well. Yeah. So we'll be we'll have a bead curtain. Very excited. It's gonna be the 70s in there. <laughs> That's
1: awesome.
0: But yeah, no, Adrian, it's been it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Uh, Thank you for it's having been awesome me. learning, talking, everything. Yeah. So definitely want to have you back on at some point. So definitely want to be back on. So make it happen. All right. I need to pull up. Ah there's I'm I i got to shout out Brian again, because Brian, you know what I forgot to do. I forgot to. Pull up the Slab podcast is available on the following platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public. And of course, if you're watching our lovely faces, we're also available on YouTube. Thank you, as always, to all of our wonderful audience for watching. Thank you, Adrian, again, for being a wonderful guest. And to everyone around the world, also Sweden, Arizona, Ireland, wherever you may be, I bid thee farewell.